And we are back. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for tuning in for this 2022 podcast. I have lined up amazing podcasts for you every single Monday from now on. Uh, we're past Christmas. We're past Hanukkah, Thanksgiving, all the holidays. Everything's done. New year. Same podcast, new guests. This year, besides interviewing people, having interesting conversations, trying to distill insights and timeless lessons from some of the most interesting people in the world, from industry giants to actors to athletes. I really want to focus, besides doing all that, I really want to focus on growth. I want to grow the podcast as much as possible. I want to try and get it to where I think the podcast needs to be. So I can only do that with your help, guys. So whatever it is that you feel comfortable doing, subscribing, sharing the podcast, supporting the podcast through Anchor, or subscribing to the newsletter, whatever you guys feel comfortable with, I really appreciate that. And I really think 2022 is the year for just exponential growth with the podcast. With that being said, let me introduce this week's guest, Sal Piasanti. This man is unbelievable. I had a blast during this podcast. The only thing that you guys, and we did our best to do this, but this is a visual medium. Sal, what he does with cards, you really need to see it to believe it. And that's ironic because you can see it and you still don't believe it. <laughs> the sleight of hand, the quickness, the distractions that he creates while he does these unbelievable tricks is incredible. I watched it maybe five, six, seven times, still couldn't see it. So we tried our best to clue you in and relay what was happening while he was doing it. But as you know, right now, this is just an audio medium, not a visual one, but we did definitely do our best to convey what was happening in real time as it was happening. Now, Sal is an authority when it comes to casino cheating. He's got a company called Universal Game Protection, and what they do is they help casinos try to avoid, try to detect, come up with ways to eliminate cheating in their casinos. He's been doing this for a very long time. His abilities are amazing from sleight of hand to his understanding of what cheats do and how the casinos work and how these games work to his memory skills. His memory skills are second to none. I mean, he took out 21 cards out of a deck, looked at them, Quickly, tack, 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 one after the other. Remembered all of them. Suit, color, number, everything. So he's unbelievable. And he displayed some of his capabilities today. He remembers. So if you tell him, let's say, what day was January 1st, 1919, he will give you the day just like that. Sal is so fun to talk to. I thoroughly enjoyed our conversation. He blew my mind every other minute with his card capabilities, with his memory capabilities. The man is fascinating and I would love to learn more from him and about him. So we did say that at some point later this year, we're gonna do another podcast. So stay tuned for that. But for now, please enjoy uh, this week's podcast. First one of 2022 and the first of many to come. 
So without further ado, here is this week's guest, Salpia Santi. Enjoy the podcast, everyone. The Genuinely Interested Podcast. Sal, how you doing, my man? I'm doing really good. No complaints. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I am more than thrilled to have you. I feel like I, I have maybe seven to eight hours of questions to ask, but we'll try to keep it to an hour, an hour and a half. I mean, look, we before we started recording, I mean, I, I have a lot of questions, but before we started recording, you were doing something. And again, this is an audio medium. This is not going to be video. So I'm going to have to, I'm going to do my best to explain what happened. But you were cutting a deck of cards Mm -hmm. and somehow through your talent, you managed to, and and I was looking at your hands. I was looking at your hands the whole time. Somehow you managed to get four aces out of your hand, out of the deck into your hand and show them to me without me noticing or having any idea. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's called a cow. It's called palming. It's something like whenever you see a magician, take a card out of his pocket or your card goes to a sealed envelope. When they take it out, they got to palm it. So when you hold the deck in your hand like this, as I put the deck down, that little pinky kicks that top card out into the palm like that. When it's like this, you can't see it, and the hand conceals it. Wow. So... <sighs> But how do you know, how do you, because you had specifically four aces. It's not like you took four random cards. You had specifically four aces. How do you know to find the exact cards you want in a deck of 52 and do it so fast that no one else in the room notices? Well, as far as finding the aces, I'm going to be honest. I'm very upfront. A lot of people don't care for me. A lot of magicians really don't care for this too much. I'm very upfront. There is absolutely no way, no one, could take a deck of cards, shuffle them up, and have those four races appear to the top. Unless the four races were already there, okay. it's, a, it's a trick deck, or the deck is switched. That's it. That's the only way those four races can appear. With you, before we started, I already had the four races on top. When it comes down to, and then I did a false shuffle. What is a false shuffle? A false shuffle is making it look like I'm mixing these cards, but I'm not. And in the real world, you never use the four aces. It's the previous hand. So let's suppose these cards are out in a hold'em game. But when I pick these cards up right now, I see a pair of fives. So when I pick these cards up, I'll get those fives on top. Now, through a series of shuffles, let's suppose there's three of us in the game. I want to give them to you in seat two. When I shuffle, I set those cards up and you're going to get the pair. Wow. So uh, again, this is, uh, this is much, this is a visual. He was just, Sal was just showing how he plays and how he maneuvers the cards. Uh, It's, it's hard to portray it in in audio, but um, yeah. All right. (laughs) It's, it's, let's, yeah, we'll, we'll get into all that stuff a little bit later. Maybe, Tell us a little bit about yourself. Give people, you know, some background for people who may not know you. Sure. My name is Sal Piacanti. I'm the president of Universal Game Protection Development. Uh, I've been in the casino business for over 36 years. 
I've dealt every game in the casinos. I was a supervisor. I actually worked surveillance where I was sitting in a room watching for dealers who were cheating. I also was a player for a living. We banked games in California. Mm -hmm. And then one corporation actually hired me to become a game protection specialist and actually created a position for me. And then back in 2006, I branched off and I opened up my own company, Universal Game Protection. And now we train casinos worldwide on how to look for, how to affect, how to protect their assets. Yeah, so can, can you get into that a little bit? What, I guess, what does it mean to be an expert on, on casino cheating? And how do you get to a point where that's, uh, you know, that's a title? Like, how are you an expert on that? <laughs> that's a great question because there's no school to go for. Exactly, I mean, right? There's no PhD in, in cheating. Yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> that's very true. And one thing I will say, I've never cheated. I will make that perfectly clear. I have never cheated in a casino, never cheated for money. So a lot of people think, Sal, you had this capability, you had to do it. It's been an interest in my entire life since I was 13 years old. My father started me off with a three-card Monty scam. Okay. My father says, son, you're going to see this game on the streets. Don't play it. It's a complete scam. And he showed me how to do it. And then the next day, I'm in the schoolyard you know, hey, watch, find the card of black, win your money back. And it was funny. And that was it. That was my whole interest where it started in sleight of hand and magic. And then, of course, for Christmas, I got the magic sets. I got the magic books. And yeah. I've always looked for gambling routines. And then when I was 13, we were going to move out to Las Vegas. And that was the first time I'd actually seen the strip back in the 70s. And I fell in love. I just fell in love with Las Vegas. I fell in love with the whole atmosphere. Went back home. We never did move, mm -hmm. but I got a taste. And then I dropped out of high school. I joined the Marine Corps, received my education in the Marine Corps, got out, and then I turned 21 in blackjack school and been in the casino my entire life. But because of the interest with sleight of hand, I always read everything I can on cheating, on sleight of hand, on misdirection. And then from there, I got really fascinated with cheating. And through people who knew people, I was able to meet the best. And there was one gentleman who was the best in the world. He's my mentor. And his name is Steve Forty. And I heard he was lecturing once in Las Vegas. Here I am now. At this point, I'm a doorman in New York City. Right? There's a whole story behind that as well. But we'll get into that one at this we, time. We, we got time. We got time. <laughs> what, what, uh, what, what, what a building. What was the address? It was in it was in Rupert Towers. Okay. In 91st Street and 2nd Avenue. This is way back. I don't think it's I don't think it's Rupert Towers anymore. Probably not. That's where I work. And then a fellow, a good friend of mine, Sal Sanchez, said, I have tickets to see Steve Forty next Thursday in Las Vegas at the MGM. <laughs> well, here I am working midnight to eight. There's no way I can get off from work. Mm-hmm especially without a two-week notice, they're staffing. So now I'm really frustrated. I've never seen this man's face. In the videos that Steve always made, all you saw is his hands. That's it. But you knew he's the best. So Wednesday rolls around. I got to see him. When am I ever going to get this opportunity again? I called a travel agent 
and said, I need tickets to go to Las Vegas tomorrow. Remember, this was all before the internet, before booking tickets. You got to call a travel agent. Yeah, yeah. And she said, okay, when do you want to go to Las Vegas? I said, I have to leave tomorrow morning as early as possible. And she said, well, without a two-week notice, you're going to be paying a lot of money for this ticket. I said, I don't care how much. I have an empty credit card. I don't care. She <laughs> said, okay, when do you want to return? I said, I have to return tomorrow. And she thought it was a joke. I bought the ticket. Same, I actually, day. same day. I actually had somebody come in the next day, relieve me an hour and a half early from work. I went to, I think it was Kennedy Airport, changed out of my uniform, put on my civilian clothes, flew to Las Vegas, got to see Steve Lecture, got to meet the man himself. He says to me, Sal, have dinner with me. Now my drawer is on the floor. Yeah. I, said, Steve, I can't because I got to get back to New York. I just uh -huh. want here for this one session to meet you and to see you. He says, are you out of your mind? Call me when you get home. And he gives me his phone number. Okay. And when I got home, I literally spoke to him every day. And yeah. then uh, I left, I wanted to get back. Now poker is becoming real popular. Yeah. So I wanted to get back into the industry. So I left my doorman job and went to Atlantic City to, to deal poker. Went to poker school. And that's where I met my wife when I was out there, as a matter of fact. Okay. And still spoke to Steve every day on that phone. Wow. And to make a long story short, we actually wound up moving to Las Vegas just so I could be close to this man. And I almost lived with him. Really? Every day for years. Yeah. I got wow. a job dealing craps at the El Cortez. I used, to, I used to meet Steve at four in the morning to five in the morning, hang out with him till 2.30 in the afternoon at his house, put on my dealing uniform, drive to the El Cortez. Deal craft till 11 o'clock at night, get home, shower, go to bed, wake up at 3 o'clock, and go back to Steve's house. And it was like, <laughs> I don't know how many years. But he's the man who really taught me and got me where I am today. And what do you think? Did he, like, see a passion in you, a burning desire to learn, a, a natural talent? Like, what, what do you think? Because at that time, you weren't, when you first met, you weren't really into it, right? Or, like, you were oh, kind of no, like... I was into it. Okay. I was into it. Not no place here. I was in grammar school. This man was in college. I mean, he was so far ahead of me. It's not even funny with hands. And he yeah. still is to this day. To this day, right now, there is absolutely nobody in the world better than him. Wow. When I lecture, I tell people, I don't know everything. But if you ask me something I don't know, I promise I'll get an answer for you. And he's the first person I call. I've never made a second call, even oh. though I have access to a wealth of information. Steve, I, I, is he like well-known? I, I don't think I've, I've heard the his name. He is. He, I mean, he's a legend in the underground. In the, okay. But now he's becoming well-known. He really is. He put out he put out some books that became the Bible to the casino industry. Really? Mm -hmm. So where did, uh, who, who gave you the, or how did the, the nickname Pitman come from? That was my wife. Because I got okay. the killer, killer look with the killer skills. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome um all right so as far as casinos how how many how much do they invest in making sure that they're not getting cheated you know annually i guess is is this like something they're still heavily invested in and, and i guess by estimate how much do you think they lose each year to to people who cheat uh, uh there's really no way of answering that question no one knows exactly how much leakage happens do they have estimates? No, 
No. No, I mean, all they do, I mean, as far as leakage, they really don't until the scam right. is caught. When the scam is caught, then they'll estimate we lost how many millions on this. I see. Mm-hmm. I see. But how much, but today, like, because I guess you kind of have to keep up with the times every time, right? Because I'm, I'm assuming there's new techniques that come out all the time. People find new uh, ingenious ways to, to cheat the system, to hack the system. So are they always like a step behind or how does it work? They're always a step behind the, the casinos. And the reason why I say that is because to the majority of people, we're talking about the United States yeah. mostly, uh, it's just a job to them. They'll come in, they'll study, you know, they'll look what they got to see, they'll do the eight hours, they'll go home. These cheats are sitting home. Put it this way, somebody once told me, Sal, if these casino employees put half as much time into trying to figure out how we beat them, mm-hmm. it'll be a different ball game today. We wouldn't, we wouldn't have lasted a month in this industry. Wow. And there's a lot of truth to that. There really is. Now, I'm not talking about everyone. I'm just talking about uh, the majority. Mm-hmm. Most people just treat it as a job. They go home. And with COVID today, it's, it's, it's a game changer. It really is for the cheaters. In what sense? Well, because you have dealers. Uh, first of all, you have a lot of casinos working short-staffed. Mm-hmm. You have dealers. You have supervisors watching many more games than they should be. They're wiping down surface areas. They're giving more responsibilities that take them away from their games. Mm. So understaffed, people can, uh, I guess, capitalize on the fact that there's not as much people, not as many eyeballs maybe, and, they, and they're finding. Do you sometimes like sit in awe? Because this is what you kind of do on the daily, right? But do because like I said earlier, people coming up, I'm assuming with new ways to cheat the system all the time. And that happens across the board in, in a lot of different uh, industries. But do you sometimes sit in on like, wow, that's amazing. When you find out like someone that just did this amazing new cheat, <laughs> right? And you're oh. like, wow, that's amazing. I would never have thought of that. Totally, totally. Um, Macau, we, me and my wife get to spend a lot of time at Macau. Okay. And they had a scam called a cutter scam. Okay. When the, when the player cuts the cards, he's given a yellow cut card that he would run across and cut the cards. Yeah. Well, in this particular scam, the cheaters had a camera up their sleeve. Wow. And as they were fanning the cards, the camera up their sleeve recorded the order of all their cards. So they knew the exact order of 100, 120 cards. So how would they get that information from the camera to, to, to themselves? Okay. Normally what they would do is now they would cut. When they, when they get to cut the cards, they, through the cutting of the cards, they would place the cards that they recorded at the end of the shoe. Okay. Towards the, the end. So the dealer has to deal a lot of cards mm-hmm. before they get to that sequence. Okay. Well, what happens then is that gives the cheaters enough time to go up to the hotel room, download the footage that they recorded, and then play it back. Oh, I see. And they get that information back to the table. And remember, it could take hours to deal a Baccarat shoot. Yeah. Players, they'll, they'll wait a couple of minutes, and then they'll bet they could do big buy-ins, which means um, they could come in with a lot of cash to exchange for chips, which is really going to slow that game down a lot. Mm-hmm. So they could do a lot to stop that game 
and to get give the cheaters enough time to get that information back to the table. Jesus. What what are some of the most popular ones that that you that you that you see? Like as far as people cheating. The most popular ones are just people adding to the bet when the deal is not looking. That's what we call past posting, adding to the bet. Mm-hmm. Or some of them may take the bet back. They'll bet $50 and when the deal's not looking, they'll take 20 back or they'll take 25 back. They'll bet three green chips, which is $75. And when a deal is not looking, take back one. So they went from 75 to 50. Oh, so, so small stuff. Yeah, that's the most common. Marking the cards, that's very common. And they usually mark the cards by just banging it with a chip. When the deal is not looking, they'll pick up a chip, a chip in preparation for a tip to mm-hmm. give the dealer a chip. Mm-hmm. And when it's not looking, they'll just bang the card as they give it to the de- as they throw the chip at the dealer. Is it even worth it for like, I don't know, getting caught for 25 bucks? It seems like the, the risk reward factor is, is low. It's like if you're if the upside is potentially, I don't know, $10,000, 50, you're like, okay, you know what? It's worth for me to, to get, you know, potentially caught, go to jail, banned from casinos, but for 25 bucks? You want to see? Let's talk about Denver. All right. Not far from Denver is a city called Blackhawk, Colorado. Okay. I used to work up there. Okay. The maximum bet was $5. They only kept gambling for historic purposes, $5 max bets. Really? We had people betting $4. And when a dealer was going to win, they take back a dollar. They were cheating for a dollar. <laughs> and I have the video footage, if you don't believe me. We had people cheating for a dollar. Jesus. That's pathological yeah. at that point. Like for a dollar? Exactly. You know, and the dealers were making killer money. People were betting $5 a hand and tipping the dealer $5 a hand. The only person <laughs> come ahead is the dealer. It was, yeah. it was insane what was going on when I was out there. That's crazy. I wouldn't even think people would go play if the max that they can bet is $5 because the, 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 the upside is so, so low, right? It is. It is. It really is. But when you start betting three hands, I think I got $15 in action. Plus, there's an old joke about a person who will play the game and his friend said, you don't want to play there. The game is crooked. And his friend said, I know it's crooked, but it's the only game in town. <laughs> so that would be the same case back then. It's the only place to go to gamble if you're a local. So they go bet $5 a hand. I see. So you don't really see too much of, you know, kind of what we see in Hollywood where these big orchestrated uh, teams trying to cheat the system and they've got all these methods and clicks and things and that doesn't happen as much, right? Not at all. Not at all. I mean, how we met, I'm sure, was through that current that Vanity Fair video. Yeah. Which now it's almost it's almost five million views already. It, it, it's insane, and the feedback is incredible. It's a great video. I watched it a few times. Oh, thank you, thank yeah. you very much. I wasn't going to do it. Really? Yeah, I'm like, I don't know if I really want to do this. And my wife says, No, nah, you should do it. It'll be fun. Get more exposure. You should do it. So we did it. And the feedback, it's funny. If you want to hear that, a quick story about that video, because I am not a cocky fellow. Believe me, I'm not. <laughs> and I think this is one of the one out of, out of a handful, if not the first time I was ever cocky in my life. Yeah. Well, I don't that, think you were cocky at all. Oh, I'm not. I'm really no. not. But even in the video, I mean, I think it's uh, people love uh, 
uh, a pull of the curtain, a behind the scene look into something that they don't know. And especially with someone who has so much insight and so much experience, it's, you know, it's going to be popular. That, that's like just a given. It's going to be popular. And, and let me tell about the cockiness. I'll tell you what happened. Vanity Fair got in touch with me and they were going to do an audition with me. Okay. So they're picking other people too. Okay. And they're going to see who they're going to pick. So they said, Sal, listen, we're not 100% we're going to go with you, of course. We're going to send you two movies to view. And with those two movies, uh, we'll interview about the scenes and we'll see how you do. Well, they sent me two movies. I looked at them. As a matter of fact, I got to be honest, I didn't even look at them. <laughs> I saw the titles. Well, the reason why I didn't look at them, I know them inside and out. Yeah. Out of all the gambling movies ever made, which I really don't care for, there's only two of them I really, really like. And which these ones they sent me. So when she got in touch with me, I said, listen, you can forget doing interviews with anybody else. You're going to pick me. And the reason why I say that is because I firmly believe God had a, had a hand in this. You happen to send me the only two movies that I truly, truly love, that I know inside and out. And those are the two you send me, which is the movie Casino mm-hmm. and the movie Rain Man. And those, because you have, and I, I don't know if that was in that. Oh, okay. So let's take it back for one second. If you can explain to people what that video was about for people who may have not seen the video. And then the other one is, I, I don't know if it was a, that video or there was another, but I did hear you say you knew the person that Rain Man, the movie Rain Man with, with Dustin Hoffman and um, Tom Cruise was based on, right? Oh, dear friends. As a matter of fact, I'll tell you a quick story. Uh, we, we filmed over five hours, and I spoke so much about that movie Rain Man. And real quick, just about that clip about Vanity Fair. It was, it was fun to do. I mean, it was really, really enjoyable. Met nice people. But when I started seeing all the comments, people really lost track of what that movie was, that, that video was made. Mm-hmm. That, movie was, that movie, first of all, was not meant to teach cheating. Okay. Uh, it was it was definitely uh, not meant to say casinos cheap. Mm-hmm. That movie was that clip was only made to show you how Hollywood's accuracy is sometimes not correct. Most of the and, times, <laughs> exactly, exactly. For example, you um, uh, know, now you see me, now you don't. Okay. I, you can flip cards twelve feet in the air, and you can catch them. You see, some people they'll catch them, they'll spin them around, they'll catch them. Yeah, and they'll, they'll throw them through a carrot. They'll do this. Ricky Jay was phenomenal at card throwing. Okay. But when I saw that movie, I'm telling you, there is no way you are taking that card, palming in the back of your hand. Then when security turns you around, you throw it, I don't know how many feet, around the corner where the woman catches it behind her hand. Yeah. Then she loads it in her bra. As she's taking her bra off, she flips it over her shoulder. <laughs> I said in that movie, when I was watching that, they cut this out. The best part of that clip was the end. That was the best part. The end. When the credits rolled. That was <laughs> 20 minutes of my life I'll never get back. Yeah. <laughs> it was Hollywood. And Hollywood did a phenomenal job at computer graphics. Yeah. That cannot be done for real. Yeah. And, that, as, okay. and you know, No, I was just going to say, that's so true. Um, when I so I've 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 been I don't want to say lifelong, but at least half my life I've been doing martial arts. And whenever I see fight scenes in movies, I'm like, that is just horrendous. Like they always make the guy 
the, I don't know, the, the punching and the way they edit it, the way they cut it, like there's never a long sequence of fights, except maybe like someone like Jackie Chan, who's amazing and he does all the stunts. And But 99% of the fights that you see on screen are just horrendous. They're just really bad. It's, it's Hollywood. It's the yeah. truth. Yeah. And that's exactly what they did with all these gambling clips. And that's the only reason why we made that movie. It's just a sh- that clip. Yeah. It's just to show you how some of the stuff is not real. And some of the comments you see, oh my God, that yeah. just is worse than a Hollywood producer. <laughs> you should, this is just rule 101. This is 101 internet. Don't read comments. Comments. I never interact like with people on Twitter or sometimes I, you know, I, I have the YouTube videos out, just never interact unless it's nice comments. But otherwise, I just never interact. I just let people write whatever they want. I don't blame you. Well, you know how many people in my comments said card counting is not cheating? Watch the video. I said that. You I did. said that verbatim. I said card counting is not cheating. And everyone just started commenting, card counting is not cheating. Yeah, I said that. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I really thought that was really, really funny. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, could you tell a little bit about the 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 Rain Man character, your friend? Sure. Well, what happened was in that video, Rain Man, I show and I show in that clip. Mm-hmm. I show computers that I did for Vanity Fair okay. that, that you wear in your shoes. Yeah. And those computers are not card counting computers. They keep track of the cards in a compositional manner. Mm-hmm. They know exactly how many threes are left, how many fours are left, how many fives are left. Well, I could do that with a single deck of cards. We play blackjack. You deal me a deck of cards and at any point say stop. And I could look at you and I would say, Oh, you have 12 tens left, one ace, three nines, two sixes, no eights, one seven, three fives, all four fours, no threes, and one deuce. And I could do that on a single and a double deck game. Well, when I did that for my wife, my wife says to me, my God, that's right out of the movie Rain Man. So I said, I never saw the movie Rain Man. I got to go watch Rain Man. Well, in that clip. Tom Cruise does that. He deals, he turns cards over yeah. and he says to his brother Raymond, who's autistic, Raymond, what's left? He says, two, nine, three, eight, one, and go through the whole scene. Yeah. So I'm like, oh my God, that is just what I do. Mm-hmm. But can this really be done? I mean, that's a script. So I started looking up Rain Man and I found out there is a character. Well, I shouldn't say there's a, there's a human named Kim Peek, mm-hmm. who is the real Rain Man, who could really do that. So I'm like, oh my God, I got to meet him. Now my wife will tell you, when I want to meet somebody, it is literally no holds barred. No, I'm meeting you. Believe me, I'm meeting yeah. you. I drove all the way from Las Vegas to Oakland, California to meet someone, shake their hand, get in the car and drive back to Vegas. So really there's no holds barred. Yeah. So this Kim Peak lived in Salt Lake City, Utah. Well, I, when I, I'm, I'm going to California. Mm-hmm. So when I'm going to California, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna do a, a standby in a layover in Salt Lake. Yeah. And when I come back, I'm doing a layover in Salt Lake. So I so I land in Salt Lake, and I told my wife, when I come back, I'm staying here until I meet Kim Peak. I know he goes to the library. I I I know his father Fran takes him there every day. So I'm gonna meet him. My wife says to me, okay, do what you got to do. I'll see you when you get home. Mm-hmm. I hang up the phone. Literally, the man walks on my plane. 
as I hung up the phone. I'm sitting there, I'm in the, I'm sitting there, I'm like, I don't believe this. This is Kim Peek right in front of me. As I told my wife about him, and I hung up the phone no more than two minutes ago. Now I call my wife back. I said, Dean, you are not going to believe who's on my plane. She says, Kim Peek. I said, how do you know? She says, duh, you know, how do I know? You wouldn't be calling me back so excited. I was very fortunate in my career to meet NFL stars, NBA stars. I got to know Pete Rose. And I mean, I never saw, I don't know anything about these people. I never watched games. But when this man walked on my plane, I am freaking out. Like, oh my God, look who that is. I'm getting out of my seat, but I can't wait to go meet him. And I met his father. I said, Mr. Peek, I'm a big fan of your son, Fran. Um, I would love, I'd love to, I'm, I'm a big son of you. Back it up and get excited talking about it. <laughs> I met Fran. I said, Mr. Peek, I'm a big fan of your son, Kim. Yeah. I've always wanted to meet him. Uh, and then he says to me, where do you live, Sal? I said, I live in Florence, Kentucky. And his son turns around and Kim Peek goes off on this whole rant. Cincinnati, that's Cincinnati, Florence, Kentucky, that's 13 miles out of Cincinnati, Ohio. Your two major highways are 71, 75 that go through you. 275 is your loop. Your area code is 859, used to be 606. Told me all my local radio stations. Jesus. Told me my local TV channels. Told me everything about where I live. And then he did that with everybody on the 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 plane. Now I'm like, oh. So I (laughs) thought to him, would you be free for dinner if I come back to Salt Lake City? His father, Fran, says to me, Sal, whenever you come back, let me know. I said, no, Mr. Pete. And he says, call me Fran. I said, Fran, that's not the question. If I come back, are you free for dinner? I would love to take you and your son for dinner. He says, anytime. I said, how about Saturday? This is like Wednesday now. Yeah. He says, yeah. I get home on Thursday. I said, Saturday it is. Flew to California, did my lecture, came back home. Me and my wife got tickets to Salt Lake City. Got there Saturday morning, had dinner with him, him and his son. And then I literally spoke on the phone every day with his son until the day he died. Really? Yeah. Wow. His, so, okay. So he's like a, an encyclopedia of information walking around, just knows everything. It just, it's just, it's like... Because we all absorb information, right, on a daily basis, but we don't retain that information. Like I, I, I read stuff all the time. I don't remember, you know, everything, because I, you know, it's just that we have a limited capacity. But he does. He, it's almost like he has unlimited capacity to absorb information. Is is that it? Well, he was. His brain was built differently. We have two hemispheres. He has one. He was born without the corpus callosum. I think it's called or the, the part that goes to really? separate two hemispheres. And there's a fluid in the brain where me and you have a small amount, he had a larger amount. So his yeah. brain was wired different. I mean, he couldn't put on his seatbelt. You couldn't have a regular conversation with him. So, but, but he's a genius. Phenomenal. As a matter of fact, they couldn't give him an IQ test. They gave him, they gave him I think it's called a KQ test. Oh, yeah. Phenomenal what his brain could do. Most savants are experts on two categories. He was an expert on 18. Wow. His father couldn't take him to, to concerts. He had perfect pitch. If a musician was off, he'd know it. When he, when he went to a Shakespeare, he was invited to the rehearsals, not the actual play. Because if an actor was off on one line, he knew it. So and he, mem- he memorized the whole thing in his head. Oh, instantly. And he wasn't malicious. 
not, no, not, not one bad bone in his body. He would try to correct the actor, just to, just to correct them, not to show off. Yeah. He just say, no, that line's not right. <laughs> wow. They took him. He loved, he loved the Civil War, mm-hmm. loved the history. So he went to Gettysburg, and they said, Kim, you want to do a private two-hour tour? He said, yes. And the, the tour lasted over six hours. And at the end of the six hours, the tour guide said, I've learned more in these six hours hanging out with him than I did studying the Civil War my entire life. Wow. Him toward the tour guide. So they almost, it's almost like a, a, a I don't want to say injustice that because that sounds bad, but they, they almost, because it seems like he is so varied and layered and there's so much depth and, and, and knowledge on all these other things. And they kind of took like one sliver of knowledge that he has with, with the card counting thing. And they made a whole movie around that. Right. And that became like for everyone, like if you're a genius now in cards, everyone still calls till this day, like, Oh, rain man, rain man. That's like, that's still, that's the legacy of that. But he has, uh, he's a genius in so many other factors or like other than that little one thing. That's right. One of the, when you meet him, one of the first things he'll do, and this is something I always enjoy. When I meet someone, this is the first thing I like doing. Let's suppose you say, Sal, do something for me. And I don't have cards with me. I don't have anything with me. Mm-hmm. So I would just ask you, what month were you born? What, me? April. <laughs> April. April what, if you don't mind me asking? 29, 1983. Tw- April 29? Yep. 83. That was a Friday. <laughs> How do you do that? Okay, let me, you know, because I've seen you do this before. I want to throw out, so I've I actually pre-prepared a few dates because I would never know if you're right or if you're wrong. And I wanted to see if, if you would remember that. Can we do a couple? Please. All right, let's do it. So mine, you were right. April 29, 1983, that is a Friday. Let's when you turn on a Thursday, when you turn 65, that's going to be on a Tuesday. I'll, I'll, I'll have to take your word for it. <laughs> you look at that, you see I'm right. Then you'll call me up later and say, Sal, you were right. Uh, all right, let's do this. January 10th, 1979. Hang on, January, because I got to be careful. There's a leap year. January 10th? Yep. 79? 1979. 79, that was a Wednesday. Jesus Christ. July so, 6th? Call me Sal. Call me Sal. July, <laughs> <laughs> July 6th, 1948. 48. Tuesday. How do you do that? How? All right, so, how, I, I, how do you do that? All right. Okay, and, and 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 okay. So I have another. So I, there's a a segue to another question. It because I feel like magic or illusions or, or or whatever it is that 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 this is called. It's kind of maybe split into two. There's the the illusion part, right? Like, um, what's the guy's name? Uh, that he goes on the street and does all the other the magic cards. Uh, David Blaine, right? And he. I, I feel like every time I've heard him talk, he's always of the mind of what I'm doing is real. This is an illusion. This is uh, like, it's, it's all real. Right. And I'm sure some of that is real. Right. Cause uh, like I saw, I don't know, Joe Rogan pierced his uh, hand. Right. I don't know if you saw that video. I did. Okay. So that was real. There's no way to fake that. That's like something he worked on or the fact that he, you know, uh, what, what he did something else. What was it? Oh, he, swallowed a, a frog and kept that frog in his stomach and, and then brought he it back up. It brought it back up. So those things are real. 
Mm-hmm. And then there's the illusion part, right? Where like, it's a sleight of hand, it's a distraction. Like you're not looking at what I'm doing over here. I'm doing this over here. And then this is the result. So there's those two things, right? right. So the memory part, that's an actual physical ability that you have. That's not some illusion. It's not a trick. No, I can teach anyone this. Okay. What started this off was this. I'll show you this real quick. Now here, first I want to show you and that. Try, and try to, to describe it for, for people who, who can't okay. see it. I want to show you that this deck, I really am shuffling. Okay. Okay, you can give me a shuffle deck. I'll do a small slump. But let's suppose here. Those cards are memorized now. So I don't know how many, there's about 15 cards real quick. Yeah, so he, he took out about 15 cards or so. I, I, I remembered maybe two of them. Okay, I could wait a long time before I want to bring those cards out. Now, and what got me started in this was a scam where let's suppose I'm playing blackjack. As I pick these cards up, I'm going to memorize them. Now, if we're going to do this for blackjack, remember, 10 jack queens and kings are 10 values. Okay. So watch, when I shuffle this deck up now, now I do a false shuffle, which makes it look like, it really looks like I'm shuffling these cards, but I'm not. Now you can cut the cards and I'll deal until I see a key card. I'm looking for a five of clubs. There it is. Mm-hmm. Now here's your three, seven, three, 10, five. Three, seven, three, three seven. a 10 and a five. Here's your 10, here's your five. I'll name the next six cards before I turn. I can name the next nine cards before I turn them over. But the next six cards are going to be a two, six, two, ten, a three, and a four. Two, six, two, two, six, a ten six, value, two. a three, and a four. And if you said Sal, I want shooting value two, the next cards coming out right now is going to be the um, a jack of club. I'm sorry, the king, the jack of clubs, ten, four. I, you know something. I'm sorry, that's when the real shuffle came in. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there he oh, is. So let's do this. All right. Let's suppose I'm playing bridge. These cards get dealt. And now I'm remembering the cards shooting value. So you're just, you're just taking, he's just, he had a deck, he's taking out the cards and he's looking at them and remembering them as cool. you're going. Exactly, but they would be they would be memorized as the players are turning them over, as they're throwing them down, because you have community cards in bridge. Okay. So as they're throwing their cards down, I'm going to be looking at them. Mm-hmm. Then when I pick them up, I do a false shuffle. I'm retaining entire order as I shuffle. And then... So I'll you're essentially what? You're only shuffling half the deck? Well, I can do the whole deck. Here. But you're, but you won't, no, no, but I'm saying like, but you're keeping those cards in in the same order, right? The ones that you remember, you're keeping them in the same order. And then the other half or whatever, other portion of the deck, you're shuffling, but the other, they, but okay, yeah. They, get, they really get mixed. The other half really gets mixed. However, if I want to do the whole deck, mm-hmm. now I'm going to keep the whole deck in order. So this deck is going to look like it's being shuffled. I'm keeping all 52 in order. Wow. What? Well, when I shuffle them, it's a real shuffle. But now as I shuffle them, that packet goes through each other. And I just do a false shuffle. So they really don't get mixed. It's just so the, so the card the card at the top always stays on top, and then you're you're shuffling everything underneath. And then when I square them up, 
my fingers push those packets together at an angle. So they're actually going through each other. Oh, wow. Okay. And then I strip them out and put them back on top. So the whole deck stays in order. Oh, wow. I don't change one card. And it's a, like, and, and this isn't, so, so guys, just again, I know you're, you're only hearing this, but if this is done in slow motion right now, and it's not that it's impossible to see it, you can see it. But when you're doing this at full speed, it's there's no way anyone, or at least no, you know, any, I don't know, any novice like myself, there's no way they're picking this up. Yeah, I agree. Even even overhead cameras from surveillance, if you know what you're looking for, it'll be hard to see. Wow. So I, I recently heard magic being described as an asymmetry of power. Uh, the magician knows something about your mind that you don't. Do you think that's a that's an accurate way to describe it? No, no, I think it's a con. Really? Why? Yeah. yeah. No, nah, it's, it's, I mean, of course, they'll do all kinds of things to uh, to make it look like they're reading your mind. I mean, there's some things you can do that I, there's absolutely no way they, they could have known that when they can. Uh, well, not, not reading your mind, but they know something about your mind that, that you maybe don't, right? Oh, that's, yes, yes. For example, I know if I point over there, I can make you look over there. Yeah. I know when I look you, when I talk to you, I'm looking right in the eye, you're going to look right at my eye. There's mm-hmm. no such thing as a perfect move. Only a perfect time. And the cheaters, will, they'll wait or they'll create that perfect time. Or they're not even cheater, the magician. Mm-hmm. They'll do what you're not looking. Uh, here. You got this whole table? I'm going to have you look at a card. So if we're, or if we're not there listening, I'm going to have you look at a card. Just okay. say stop. I'm, I'm going to turn around so I can't see. Say okay. stop. Stop. Do you see that card? I do. Perfect. Now watch this. I'm going to shuffle this deck. Real shuffle. And I'm going to have you find that card. Name any number between, let's say, 10 and 20. Just random number? Seven. The seventh card will be your card. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Was that your card? Nope. What was it? Oh, <laughs> I see it on the side. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Now, of course, I'm in a confined space. But as I spread these cards, everybody's looking. You'll never see the, the left hand load the card underneath that cup. And that's so crazy. Like, so again, for the for the listeners, he showed me the cards and then he spread them all out. But in the meanwhile, my card was sitting to the right next to the coffee cup. I wasn't even paying attention. I was looking. So you were directing me the whole time. I wasn't even paying attention to the actual card that was sitting there. I was looking at all the cards. They were just that you laid out in front of me. Correct. Wow. So there's so it's so it's mostly misdirection. It's oh, a lot I'm of like sleight of hand, mad. like quickness. And so you're oh, wow. Oh, this is <laughs> I love this stuff. Um do you think that you know, I feel like in movies, the the people that do these type, like Ocean's 13 and, and all these type of, um, I don't know, cool. It's always like, it's, they're very cool, right? And they do, they manage to, to, to pull off these heists and, and, and steal mm-hmm. wheelings from casinos. And I'm sure some of it is, is taken from real life. I'm sure a couple of those things have happened. 
And they're always kind of celebrated, right? Like they're a pop culture phenomenon if they're able to do it. Why do you think? And then like, but then like on the flip side, the one that does the three card money or the, the, the kind of like the street hustlers that try to take you for your money, those are not celebrated in the same fashion. But I feel like when you steal from air quotes, the man, right? When you take from the casino and you're able to do that, those are more celebrated. And that's why they're, you know, such popular movies, right? Uh, Ocean's 13 and all these other movies that became very, very famous and very popular. Yeah, there's some reason people are fascinated with casino cheating. Because like you said, they're getting over on the man. Yeah. I mean, they're still thieves. There's no doubt about <laughs> yeah. that. But, the, but a lot of people, for some reason, think the casinos deserve it. Mm-hmm. Why do you think but that is? is? Because people can't beat the casinos. The casinos has the edge in their favor. They have math does not lie. Mm-hmm. The casino has the edge. If you go to a casino and you play a, a legitimate game, no cheating, no advantage play, you just play a straight up game. The casino's gonna win in the long run. There's just no they have the edge. Those games are mathematically designed. Whenever a new game is de- is developed, the first thing the casinos want to know is what is our edge? Some some edges are much greater. For example, if you go to a casino and just play a regular blackjack game, regular, and you play perfect basic strategy, the house advantage you is over you is only a half percent. That's not much. But when you take those side bets, like if you go to a three card poker table and you start betting the the pair plus, the house advantage is like it's so it's like over seven percent on you. It's so strong. You can't win that game. So why do you think people go? I mean, slot machines, for example, right? Like, you know, you're going to lose, right? Like, I don't know, one person in a quadrillion is going to do hit the jackpot, but you know, you're going to lose your money, right? That's and so it's true. The, and it's the same with a lot of these other games. I'm not a big casino guy. I, I like to play poker, but what's the, what's the psychology? If and, and I mean, like, also, if they know that the casinos, if they know that eventually the people are going to lose. How do they mark? I mean, how, what's the marketing behind that? You can't say that. Come to our casino, lose all your money. That's not a good slogan. No, they don't. But they say our slot machines have a 99% payback. People are like, oh, man. I, I, it's an attraction for them. Yeah. Plus, also, you have these pseudo people on, on, on eBay, not on eBay, on YouTube, how to beat this and how to beat this machine. Uh, before there was all kinds of books on how to beat this game and people really think it could be done. Certain machines are beatable. Certain machines you can get an edge on. You know, I don't know the machines. I am not a slot person. Mm -hmm. But there are some slot machines, like they might have like a fishing pod. And the more coins you put in, the fish, there are more fish in the pond. And when that pond gets full, that means the jackpot's about to hit. Yeah, A lot of people don't realize that. So they'll play the machine. If they don't hit, they'll walk away. But there are other people that would just walk through the casinos looking for those machines to see, okay, which pods are almost full? We're yeah. going to play that one. Well, guess what? When that machine, you hit that jackpot, yeah, you got paid your 100. But look at the 100 people that put 10 bucks into that machine that didn't win. Yeah. So the house still made it 1,000. Plus the 100, you're going to win. The house made 900 on that. So... Yeah, slot machines, they're going to win. Yeah. And I, look, I've never seen a, you know, I've never seen an empty casino. No. The casinos are always full with people. Always. People think they're going to win. Yeah. 
And I love when people say, oh, they gave me a free room. They gave me a free buffet. You just lost 500 bucks. They gave you a free buffet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, and uh, what? They give you free, right? If, you, if you're playing, I remember in Jersey, I went a couple of times and they offer free alcohol as long as you're playing. It's like, yeah, just just keep playing. And obviously, the more drunk you get, you know, inhibitions out out the window. You're playing worse because you're not as as uh, crystal clear as you were two hours ago. So it's just inevitable that you're going to lose your money. For sure. And in the long run, you will. You keep playing because same thing with poker. You yeah. sit down, me, you sit down, and we play an unlimited hour of hands. Mm-hmm. The house wins. Yeah. The house gets that rake. Yeah. So me and you go back and forth. The three three months of this game, we play nonstop. Guess what? The house is going to get the money at the end. The rake. The house gets the rake. Yeah. Are you allowed to play in casinos? Yeah. Did they frown upon it? (laughs) (laughs) You'll never see me play. You will never see me play. Because if I go to a casino and I win, the first thing they think is, oh, this guy's cheating. Yeah. But if I lose, the first thing they say is, oh, this guy ain't that good. (laughs) <laughs> so you're at a lose-lose. Exactly. I see. But what what uh when you used to play, what was your favorite thing to play? Well, but if I did play, it'll it'll be blackjack with basic strategy. When I told you I did play, mm-hmm. we banked games in California. I was actually the house. We worked for a group, and in California they have player banker games. So it was a pie gal game where I just sit there and the dealer deals the hands. And I got to make sure the, hand, the dealer sets the hand properly. I got to set my hand properly. Then the dealer will take the money in front of me, mm-hmm. take the losers and pay the winners out of my bankroll. So essentially, with this group, we were the house. Oh, interesting. And I played a little bit of card counting with a gentleman named Rick Blaine, who's a phenomenal card counter. He was running a team. So card counting is completely legal? It's 100% legal. 100%. So why do they, why, why do they why do they always make it out to be like it's illegal? Hollywood, yeah. And of course, if 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 you are counting and the casino does catch on to you, they're going to back you out. They'll say, "Sir, your play is too good for us. We don't want you to play." Can you explain what card counting is for people who may not know? Sure. If you're a blackjack player, okay. When you count cards, the cards will favor you. When the remaining cards to be played are rich in tens and aces, when a deck becomes rich in tens, it favors the player. So no matter what card counting system you use, it just tells you when the cards that are left are rich in tens. When they are, that means increase your bet and change your strategy. If it's really rich in low cards, walk away or bet very little. That's all card counting is. How, how, how would they achieve that though? Like how, what, like how many cards are out on the table? Like based on what's what's the formula? What happens is the cards are assigned a value. Okay. Like the 10 values, they're assigned a value of minus one. So when a 10, when a 10 is removed from the deck, that means that this deck is now minus one high card compared to the low cards. When a low card comes out, that means it's a plus one card. Mm-hmm. Now that means the deck is rich in high cards. The more plus, the more rich, the more rich it is. Okay. The more it favors the player. So the more plus counts, the more it favors the player. 
I understand. Huh. So the, some casinos are not allowed to back you off, but they do reserve the right to sh- shuffle up whenever they want. So they can actually cut the cards in half. If they have a six-deck shoe, they're only going to deal you three decks, and then they're going to reshuffle on you, which would have an impact on a card counter. So if you're if you're losing all your money, which is you know what the casinos want, that's fine. If you're winning a lot of money, at some point they're going to say, "Hey, buddy, you know you you got to get out of here. You're too good. We're losing money." So essentially, it's it's all you all, the best case scenario is you win a little money in a in a casino. Is that it? Well, being a you know people laugh on that video. Some of the comments on the card county was just was insane. People don't have a clue. One guy left a comment today that said the the the, the high cards are plus cards. No, it's not. The high cards are minus. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Uh, yeah. There's so, a lot of there's a lot of YouTube professionals out there that know everything about everything, and they they're, they're going to tell the professionals exactly how it is because I'm a YouTuber in a in the basement. All right. Yeah. That's so true. So wow. long story short, you you and everyone thinks about the MIT team. Do you really think you need to be an MIT graduate to count cards? Third grade. You give me any third grader, I can teach them how to count cards. Really? The real skill in counting cards is longevity. If you tell me you played in 20 casinos and you got backed out, that means you're not very good. Mm-hmm. Tell me you played for the last 10 years, you never got caught. Then I'll say you're a strong player. The skills to be a card counter is nothing. It's the skill in camouflaging it and hiding that you're not a counter. That's the skill. Yeah. Yeah, not getting caught is the tough one, right? Exactly. I mean, there's some really good ways, which I, I'd rather not get into, obviously. <laughs> this is not a teaching podcast. Yeah, yeah, This is not, a, how, how, really this is not how to cheat podcast, yeah. Exactly. Um, can we touch a little bit? I think I think we maybe didn't go in-depth as much as I wanted to about the, the memory stuff. Are there, like, techniques... Um, you know, there was a, a great documentary I watched a few years ago. Um, I forget the name, but they essentially it was about these memory Olympics that they have. And um, I actually had one of the guys on the podcast. I think he was one of the first episodes I ever had on. What's and, his name? Is it uh, Nelson Dallas? Nelson Dallas, yeah. Nelson, great guy. Great you guy. Couldn't have, you couldn't have a better person on the show. Yeah, mountaineer, memory guy, like uh, just across the board, amazing guy. And um, but that was like a year ago. And that was just memory for the sake of memory. Where here, like, I feel like there's memory for the end result is a little bit different, like what you want to achieve from it. Mm-hmm. But I am interested in like, what are some of the strategies for people to increase? Because you don't have to like, for the most part, majority of people, we don't have to remember the whole 52 cards in the deck. And but, you do, but I think overall, it is good to obviously increase memory capacity oh sure and it's always good to practice yeah so are there some good strategies that that you know you can uh instill upon us i'll show you how this was done matter of fact let me do this for you real quick okay we will legitimately shuffle the cards this again this would be so much better to do in person because i'd rather you give me a shuffle deck okay Okay. next time we'll do it in person deal all right let me just see something real quick So 
So right there, those cards are memorized. So I got a, I got a quarter deck done, suit and value. I could wait a long time if I want to bring them out. But on top, here's going to be a ten of diamond. Well, the cards could be marked. So let me name them before I turn them over. Okay. But on top, you're going to have a ten of diamond and a four of spades. The ten of diamond, the four of spades. After the four of spades, you're going to have the eight of hearts, eight of diamond. After the eight of diamond, let me think about that. If I knew it was a red eight, eight of diamonds. And then it's going to be your two of spades, nine of spades. Two of spades, nine of spades. After the nine of spades, let's go with the four of clubs. And then we're going to have the eight of hearts, then the nine of hearts, and then the queen of hearts. So we have the three hearts in a row. After the queen of hearts, let's go with the jack of diamonds. After the jack of diamonds, we're going to have the king of diamonds and the six of spades and the four of diamonds. King of diamonds, six of spades, the four of diamonds. And then we have the five of hearts. After the five of hearts, let's go with the ten of club and the seven of diamonds. Ten of club, the seven of diamonds. And then the seven of clubs, and then the three of clubs. And I think after that was the eight of clubs. The jack of spades. Ooh, let me think about this. Um, jack of spades, nine of diamond. After the nine of diamond was the seven of hearts. So, so how, many, how, how many cards is that that you just remembered off the cuff? cards. You just remember 22 cards, just like that. Yeah, that took about maybe, I don't know, a couple of seconds. And wow. it's not set up to go a little more, be a little longer. But yeah, 10 cards for Baccarat. I can memorize it about a second and a half. But, but how? Like, what are some techniques that you've worked on over time? I do not care what memory champion, what memory enthusiast. Mm-hmm. They all use the same system. They take pictures. They turn everything they want to memorize into pictures. And then they associate to each other. I'll give you a great example. Let's suppose, okay, you have a pair of dice. And you're going to throw them into the sewer. Really see that happening. You're taking the dice, you're throwing them into a sewer, okay? And then coming out of that sewer is a dove, a beautiful pearly white dove. Do you see that? Okay. And that dove is flying to the sun. We'll just do a couple more. That sun, on that sun is a big bar of soap. And I want you to see that soap melt. I want to see it bubbling, it's fizzling. I mean, this bar of soap is going to melt in, in, in a millionth of a second with the heat from the sun. Yeah. Do you see that? Yeah. Now you have a bar of soap. Let's make a car out of that bar of soap. We'll put wheels on it. Do you see that? Yeah. Okay. So what was the, what was the first thing that me and you had? We had a pair of what? Dice. Dice, dice, yeah. yeah. Pair of dice. Now, I'm not going to get into how, if you want, well, why. If you want me to, I'll be more than happy to. Dice are assigned a picture to the ten of diamonds. Now, what we do with the dice, we throw them down the sewer. Yeah. Sewer is the four of spades. What was coming out of the sewer? Dove. A dove, eight of diamonds. Now, I'll tell you this. Okay. The first word, the first letter of the next word is going to be the suit. So if it's a C, it's going to be club. If it's a D, it's going to be diamond. If it's an H, it's going to be heart. Now, where was the dove flying to? Sun. The sun. Sun starts with S. Correct. Spade. Spade. Sun, N. N is a two. That's got to be a two of spades. 
What was on the sun? Soap. Soap. That's another S, correct? Yeah. That's a spade. P. The next consonant sound you hear in soap is a P. That's a nine. This has to be a nine of spades. And then what was that bar of soap? What were we making it into a? Uh, a car. Oh, we yeah. A, a deck. A car. A car. Yeah, yeah, a car. Yeah, okay. <laughs> that would be the four of clubs. And then around the car was a beehive. Hive. Hive. Starts with H. Yeah. That's going to be a heart. And V is going to be an eight. That's an eight of hearts. They were playing basketball with a big hoop. Hoop. Heart. Nine. Queen of hearts. Queen of hearts is covered in diamonds. That's the jack of diamonds. I was putting the diamonds on a drink. King of Diamonds. The drink had a sash around it. That's got to be the six of spades. On the sash was a door, four of diamonds, with hail, five of hearts. Hail had a case, ten of clubs. In that case was a duck, seven of diamonds. That duck was building a cake, seven of clubs. On that cake was a comb, the three of clubs. So that's how I did it. I turned everything into a picture. And there is nothing new. Do you think, I mean, or not think, sorry, but have you ever gotten in trouble or like threatened by people? Because essentially what you're doing is you're, you know, some of these people I'm assuming are, are, you know, petty, petty criminals. Some are maybe a little bit more serious criminals, but you're spilling the beans on a lot of industry secrets and things that some people may not want People to know may not want to be exposed in that way. So I don't know. Have you ever gotten into that type of trouble? No, no, no. You really not. I mean, first of all, I'll never see the people who are yeah. getting in trouble or getting caught. Yeah. Um, I, when I lecture, I lecture in front of surveillance staff, table game staff. Um, most of my not I shouldn't say most, but now some of my lecture in schools and universities. I'm more known now for my memory than I am the cheating. When people, but magicians who want to meet me. When we meet, the first thing they say is, wow, I'm a big fan of your memory work. Yeah. I understand. Do you enjoy seeing the responses from people when you're able to, to, to blow their mind with, with the my stuff? Wife, my wife enjoys that more than me. My wife is always looking to see the, the, the reaction of people. But uh, me, no, I enjoy, I enjoy teaching. You do seminars now? Well, I do. I do. I do lectures on memory. I could, I do a lot of memories. Well, not a lot, but I do some universities. Uh, I do a lot of hotel, customer service, memory training. I mean, you can't have customer service without memory. Yeah. You know, Dale Carnegie said it best. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And when you use memory skills on a patron, it shows that you care. That is very true. So mostly memory stuff nowadays. For me, I like reading. I mean, my full-time job is no casino cheating. Yeah, I love, My full-time is casinos. And we lecture all over the world, Macau, Singapore, Cambodia, New Zealand, Australia, the Caribbean, all over the States. Yeah, just on casino game protection, the, the latest and the greatest. Where's the, where's the next big um, gambling country coming out of right now? Like, where do you see Ma Macau? I know, like, was, was probably... Macau's the, the Mecca. It's the Mecca, Macau, right? Is the Mecca. 
That is that is the mecca gambling. That's the gambling mecca of the world. Does it put Vegas to shame? Oh, please. In Vegas, if you bet 500 bucks, you know, you can get a comp. Out there, 500 bucks wouldn't get you a cup of coffee. These people <laughs> are betting millions of hand out there. Really? It's, it's insane out there. Insane. The money they bet and the action. Wow. But does That's it have the, that same entertainment value and, and, and uh, you know, the because Vegas, there's a package, right? It's, 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 it's the whole scene. It's not only the gambling. The gambling is one part of it. Yeah, Macau, no. You are going there to gamble, and that's all you're going to do. <laughs> that's it. I mean, they don't have movie theaters. They don't have big shopping malls like we have and all that. It's, I mean, they do have malls in the casinos. Mm-hmm. But as far as entertainment value, no, Nevada has that with all the different shows and everything. Yeah. But Macau, I mean, they have good shows. They got Cirque shows. Uh, we enjoyed ourselves out there. But Macau is gambling. It's really? hardcore gambling. What's the most popular game out there? Baccarat. Baccarat? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I played it. So you don't, there's nothing to play. You, you have betting. You, how do you want to bet? Play your banker? There's nothing to decide. You don't have any say-so in the game at all except where to bet. And, and the, dealer, the, the rules are all built in already. And you got to get to nine. The hand that gets closest to nine wins. That's it? That's it. And that's their favorite game? That's the biggest game. It's fast. It's action. It's fast. And that's what they like. What's the most popular in Vegas? Probably blackjack, right? Blackjack is, I think, is the most popular. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember I played, <laughs> I played once, um, and no idea what I was doing. Just sat down. I was like, ah, why not? Just put a little bit of money, and I completely screwed up all the other people's hands. <laughs> they oh, got really, yeah. they got really pissed off. So I was like, I'm just going to leave the table. I don't know what I'm. That's doing. a big myth. Big myth. The way you play your hand actually has no bearing whatsoever on anybody else. Tell the people I played with, man, because they were pissed. Yeah, oh, they do. They believe in that fallacy. Yeah. They really do. They believe in that. Oh, no, you're going to sit on third base. Do you have to play? Oh, look, he took the dealer's break card. So there's actually that's it's a fallacy? Yeah, it's not real whatsoever. How you play your hand has no bearing at all on other players. None at all. Because I've always heard that they're saying essentially, I mean, I guess the logic, their logic behind it is, is you, you, you stole the card, right? Essentially, is that it? Yeah. Oh, look, he took the dealer's 10. No, he didn't. <laughs> That's too good. Sal, this was a lot of fun, man. Oh, I enjoyed it. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I really appreciate uh, your time today. Where can people, where, where are the best places to, to find you? I don't I, I don't think you're on social media much, right? But uh, the website or any other place that you want oh, to Facebook, uh, to you can find me on Facebook. Okay. Sal the Hitman. You can find me on that. That's my fan page. You can definitely find me there. Feel free to message me there. Uh, my web, I have a work e- uh, email address as well. Universal Game Protection. If you go to that website, you'll see you know, some articles on memory and cheating and see some video. Yeah. Definitely but, go check out the, the, that video that we mentioned earlier, the vanity fair one. Yes. Great yeah. video. Yeah. That's a great video. That's what put me on to Sal initially. And, uh, I, th- I think you guys are really going to enjoy it on top of this podcast, which was awesome as well. Oh, I really enjoyed it. Thank you for having me. Yeah, man. Uh, glad next time we have to do it either in person or we'll do a video where we can show some of the stuff like physically. Cause I know, I loved watching this and I'm sure like the audience would love to, to visually see it as well, rather than just hear it. Yes, yeah, definitely, definitely a, a visual 
thing to see. A visual medium. All right, we'll have to do that next time, man. Again, Sal, thanks so much. I really enjoyed our time. Thank you. Thank you for having me. All right, man. Take care, and we'll do it again. I look forward to it. Have a great Thanksgiving, you and your family. You as well. Thank you so much. Thank you.